welcome everybody. We want to welcome you back to the Brothers in Faith podcast here at St. Joseph's Radio in Astoria, Queens, New York. We, uh, we're here today with uh, my brother, Deacon Michael Chiricella, and I'm Father Vincent Chiricella, and we are the Brothers in Faith. So before we begin our podcast today, let us always begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, as we gather together today to speak about the grieving process, we ask your blessing upon all those that have experienced the loss of a loved one, as we ask this all through Christ our Lord, amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So today is the, uh, we can't start off the podcast without acknowledging that today is the Feast of the Annunciation when the angel Gabriel uh, appeared to the Blessed Virgin Mary and told her that she would be with child and the word was made flesh and uh, dwelt among us. So it's a beautiful, beautiful feast day for us to be talking together. Um, today, what I'd like to... Um, start off with is the topic of grief and the um, the loss of someone that we love. And uh, if you're old enough and if you've gone uh, through life, you're going to experience the, the death of somebody that you love. Um, this April 2nd will mark the 20th anniversary of my own father's death. And uh, of course, we believe that he's born into eternal life. But with that said, it's still 20 years, 20 years without um, his physical presence with us. So you want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, that and what it's like uh, losing a parent? Yeah, um, you know, our father, John, uh, passed away 20 years ago, uh, uh, coming up on this April 2nd. And I was talking to my father, Vincent, about, uh, you know, our dad and uh, what, what went on with him and, uh, you know, how much we still miss him after all these years. I can't believe that 20 years has passed since our dad passed away. And... Uh, you know, our dad died from a, a disease called pulmonary fibrosis of the lungs, and he suffered so terribly uh, for about three months. He was in the hospital for about three months, and he really couldn't breathe on his own, and he they needed to put this face mask on him uh, so he could breathe and get oxygen to his brain. And it was just a, just a, it was a tough way for us to witness him uh, in that hospital suffering like that. And um, when he finally did pass away, uh, for me, uh, I felt a relief that our dad wasn't suffering anymore. I was so relieved that uh, this tremendous suffering that he was going through uh, was relieved. Uh, but then we had to start our suffering. You know, uh, we were very close to our dad, John, and he was the patriarch of our family. And to lose your father, especially as two boys, two young men at that time. You know, I was in, um, 
I was 37 years old and Father Vincent was 34 years old. To lose your dad at any age, uh, you feel a sense of who am I going to ask? Who am I going to talk to? Who am I going to turn to now when I'm going through a difficult situation? Especially when we had such a, a beautiful relationship with our father. And uh, that wasn't there anymore. So uh, there was a relief because he, he passed away. He wasn't suffering anymore. But then we had to start the grieving process. And, uh, you know, after the, the arrangements are made and the wake service is over, the funeral mass is done, and he, he's interned in the cemetery, then all the chaos kind of goes away. And then you have to deal with how you're feeling about it. And I know for me, it was just a, uh, a tremendous loss because at that time, you know, uh, my family, uh, my wife and my two children, uh, we were living in the same household. You know, uh, we had an apartment upstairs in that house. And I had at that point uh, feel like that I had to step up because my dad wasn't there anymore. And uh, Father Vincent, you were studying, you were in the seminary. And for you to not uh, to not uh, have dad in your life when you were going through your your uh, uh, vocation and uh, discerning the, the priesthood was a tremendous loss for you too. But I, what got us through, what got me through it was the... Uh, uh, how close uh, 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 Father Vinny and I were. And we actually became closer after my dad died. And uh, we spoke about, you know, how impactful he was in our lives. So for me, really, it was a, it was a, it was a rite of passage. Uh, my father was gone. And now that me being the oldest sibling, the oldest brother, uh, I felt like I had to step up. And it was some pressure on me, too. So I didn't know how to handle it, really. Uh, to be in this situation now, uh, where I was not, uh, I was now the oldest male and the one really that felt like, uh, I had this responsibility. So it was a, it was a transformational process for me, uh, uh, brother. So that's, uh, I don't know how you felt about it, but that's how I felt when, when dad passed on. Yeah. I mean, for so many people, the death of a parent is a, a devastating, uh, occurrence for them because our parents are our primary attachments when we're growing up. So they are kind of everything to us as we, as we form and develop into the people that God created us to be. Our parents, for better or for worse, sometimes people have negative experiences of parents and it affects them psychologically in a way where they, you know, they have behavioral problems and issues and problems in their marriage and all of that. And uh, but and sometimes people have positive experiences of their parents. And sometimes there's a mix of both. So so the death of a parent brings with it very very strong emotions, very strong emotions. And you uh, you were able to speak about those emotions that. Uh, you know, the uh, the need for you that you felt like, you know, you were the oldest and you needed to uh, step up. You needed to uh, really, um, you know, fill fill in that role that, uh, that was left vacant. Um, you know, people have various emotions when someone they love dies. Sometimes they focus on the suffering that they, that the person went through. So, you know, usually if there's a drawn out sickness, the people will, uh, the person whose loved one dies 
will be focused on the illness for the first few months. And then after that, then, then they begin to grieve. Um, so so the, the process of grieving of uh, someone that you love, especially a parent, takes a lot of time, takes a lot of time. And uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, Dr. Kubler-Ross, she spoke about the five stages of grieving. So there's um, denial, bargaining, uh, anger, depression, and acceptance. So denial, bargaining, um, anger, depression, and acceptance. So all of us in some way go through those stages in our grieving uh, process. Sometimes people bargain with God when somebody they love is sick. You know, if I do this, if I do these prayers, or if I, you know, if I make this sacrifice or I do that, then then you'll make them better, you know? So there's a, sometimes they bargain with God in their prayer. And that's okay, you know? And then sometimes people can be very angry with God. Uh, and angry with sometimes even the caregivers, the the nurses' aides, or the or the doctors, or the hospital, or the mistakes that were made. And so sometimes people can have a lot of anger, also. And um, sometimes people can be in denial. I mean, we see this now. Um, you know, with the the wake services, like nobody wants to even take time to, you know, give people an opportunity to grieve. You know, years ago, I mean, I remember, well, before us, when somebody died, at least in the Italian-American culture, they had the wake in the house. And that was at least three days. And then when we were growing up, the wake service in the funeral parlor, that was at least three days. And so the family had an opportunity to properly grieve, to begin the grieving process. And people had an opportunity to pay respect to the person that they loved. Um, so now, really, in our culture, there's the, um, the danger of thinking that grief can go unobserved. So that, you know, we, we'll, we won't have a wake. We might not even have a mass. Maybe, maybe we, uh, you know, we'll do the burial and that's it. And then we'll go back to life as normal. And unfortunately, uh, that really doesn't work, you know. So um, you want to speak maybe about that? How do you feel about that, about kind of rushing through the grieving process? Which I think during the COVID, uh, when the, we were having so many people passing away from the virus, is that we we became accustomed. We weren't able to grieve the right way. We, you know, the the churches were closed. The the uh, funeral homes were not able to take people in. So, so we got to a point now where. People were rushing through things, you know, so many people were dying and so many things were backed up. 
we couldn't have a, we could only have a certain amount of people there. Uh, it was really a bizarre time. And that really impacted how we grieve because we couldn't grieve. We had people in our own family that got very ill and people that we know, friends and certain family members that passed away from COVID. We couldn't go to the wake service and only immediate family. And there was no mass, or if there was a mass, only the immediate family. Uh, and it was horrible. It was a horrible, horrible time. But now we're past that. But unfortunately, that has stayed behind now. Now you have wake services, wakes uh, uh, that are viewings that are uh, three or four hours, five hours at best, if they're going to have a viewing. And then sometimes, like you said, brother, they go right to the the funeral mass, if they have a mass, and they just want to move on with their lives. And grieving doesn't happen, but doesn't work that way. And you're you're missing the opportunity. Uh, years ago, in our culture, in the Catholic culture, in the Italian-American culture, it was a certain amount of days, and it was a really a matter of family coming together and friends to, to honor the person's life and talk about how they felt and what was going on. We're not giving each other the opportunity to do that anymore. You know, we want to get, we want to act as if, you know, if your mom dies, your dad passes away, or, or a child, or somebody close to you, you, you want to grieve them. And we're not giving ourselves the opportunity to do that. We cannot, uh, we cannot uh, function in this society of as if. You know, we can't just say, you know what, okay, we'll just let's get this over with. And I feel like. We're rushing through the grieving process, and uh, which is really a disservice to to ourselves and to the family members. And I think the COVID had a lot to do with it, but I think now it's it, we have the after effects of you know what? Yeah, this was all right. Let's just get it. I, I can't tell me how many times I've heard, brother. You know what? Who wants to go there for two days? And it's just too much. It's too much on everybody. This was this person's life. This was your mom's life or your dad's life. Somebody who loves life. And you want to just get it over with? Let's get the mass in and let's just do what we have to do. So that's how I feel like this is where we are right now. And I think really as a culture and our faith, we have to go back to really learning how to grieve. And um, that has a lot to do with tomorrow's gospel reading, Father, if you want to talk about it. You know, the, the tomorrow's gospel reading with the with Lazarus being raised from the dead. Even Jesus was so upset that his friend was, was gone. Yeah, well, yeah, tomorrow's gospel is the, the Lazarus gospel from uh, when Jesus visits Bethany. Well, we, we'll bring that, that faith piece in at the end, but I, wa I want to kind of stay with this whole thing of not acknowledging one's feelings, not acknowledging one's grief and uh, the importance of acknowledging grief. I've worked in uh, bereavement ministry now for 16 years, so I've had the privilege to walk with hundreds of people that have uh, experienced the death of a loved one. And I've, I've met mothers that have lost their children. I've met uh, children that have lost their parents. Uh, so I've... I've had the the privilege to work with people throughout their sorrow. And what people need the most, I think, is 
another human being to express their emotions to. Another human being that has a, an interest in what they're saying that gives them the opportunity to speak and acknowledges their feelings about their loved one. And it's so important, as you were saying, that we don't rush through it. That even though it can be painful, even though talking about your feelings, your thoughts, how you felt or how you feel about your mom or dad or uncle or cousin or relative or friend, uh, that you do, you do that. You do speak about them. You do acknowledge that maybe you're feeling depressed. Maybe you're feeling anxious. Maybe you're feeling worried. Maybe you're feeling uh, angry. Maybe you're still in denial. Maybe you're not talking about it at all. You know, um, you know. We we started it off. We this podcast. We spoke about Daddy's twentieth uh, anniversary. For the first six months after my father died, I was in complete denial. I was in the seminary. I was going along rather smoothly. I was doing well in my class classes, and then. Uh, we had family day at the seminary and uh, we had the mass and I, I looked out into the congregation and all my father, all my friends' fathers were there and my father wasn't. And that's when it really hit me that, wow, my father is gone. He's never coming back. I'm never going to see him in this world again. And I needed to go through that, even though it was painful to get to the other side, which is acceptance. See, once we, once we do grieve properly and we do acknowledge our thoughts, our feelings, and our emotions around the person that we love who has died, then can come the healing, the acceptance. And what I mean by acceptance is that acceptance is not negating that you're over it. You never get over losing someone, right? But you accept that you're never going to see them again in this life. But one day, as we will hear tomorrow in the gospel, and this evening in the gospel, that one day we will be reunited again with them in eternal life. And that's really our hope as uh, Christians, as followers of Jesus, Jesus' words, I am the resurrection, the life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die, will live forever. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. So uh, the promise of the resurrection. And you know, I have to say that uh, the Catholic uh, funeral rite is a very beautiful, beautiful rite because there is a sense of closure in the Catholic funeral rite. And I say that because at the in the beginning of the funeral rite, and I'm talking about the Mass, when the person is brought into the church, in, in the casket is brought into the church, 
the priest comes and greets the body and sprinkles the body with holy water and um, says in the waters of baptism, let's say in daddy's instance, John, in the waters of baptism, right? We sprinkle the casket with the uh, holy water. And then uh, at the end of the mass, we say into your hands, Father of mercies, we commend the soul of your servant, John. In the sight of this world, he has died, but in your sight, he lives forever. Forgive whatever human weaknesses he may have had and grant him a place in your everlasting kingdom. And then uh, we, we finish with the words, let us now take our brother to his place of final rest. So there's a sense of closure there that the Catholic liturgy does, you know? And it's powerful. It's powerful. And, you know, that's why I think uh, having a mass for somebody you love is so powerful, you know? And it gives the, the family members also hope in the resurrection. And so tomorrow, as you said, we'll be talking about uh, Lazarus and um, Jesus, uh, you know, rising him from the dead, bringing him back to life, and uh, the power of God's spoken word. You have any thoughts on the funeral mass or on uh, Jesus's words, I am the resurrection and the life? Jesus, uh, Jesus gives us the hope and the promise that the, you know there's there's a better place for us to go, and He assures Martha and Mary who are grieving their brother Lazarus. He's assuring them that you know they're gonna they're gonna see him again and they'll be together again in the resurrection. And uh, why I love this gospel passage from John uh, in, in this in this week's uh, gospel is because even Jesus uh, wept for Lazarus. He loved Jesus, uh, Lazarus and he wept for him and he grieved him. And uh, even God wept for his friend. And uh, we have to give ourselves the opportunity to grieve and, uh, you know, if we have to weep and, and go through all these emotions. You know, you know Father, you always tell me uh, I know you got your master's degree in psychology. We're so proud of you uh, that if you don't deal with emotions, eventually they're going to deal with you. And this is the, the, the biggest, biggest problem in our society today is that we're not dealing with how we feel. You know, we had somebody very close to us pass away uh, about a month and a half ago. And uh, she had two children. And one of them, her 14-year-old son, got up at the funeral mass that my brother, Father Vincent, was celebrating. I was at the honor to serve with him that day. And uh, uh, he eulogized his mom. And he got up there, and he was walked there by the two men in the family, uh, his father, biological father, and his stepdad. And they both put, put their hands on his shoulder, uh, his shoulders. And as he began to speak about his mother, and the impact she had on his life, both those men, his biological dad and his stepdad, removed their hands from his shoulder and let him go. 
and talk about his mom. And to me, that day was a rite of passage for that young man talking about his mom. But it was, he started the healing process maybe much sooner than his other sibling or even his, uh, his grandmother, who was, uh, who was uh, the young lady's uh, mom. So the grieving process started for him. And we need to start the process. But we can only start the process and get to the end of the grieving process if we deal with it on an emotional level. And our faith teaches us that we must deal with it. We have to deal with this and we have to be around each other. And, my, and Father, you talked, you touched about, earlier you touched on about we have to be around each other and talk about it. You know, you and I walked through daddy's illness and we walked through his death together. You know, even though we were grieving differently and going about it differently, we took that journey together as brothers, you know. And I had my wife Judy with me uh, and my children, Michael and Jennifer, and our mom, Rikella, to walk that path together as a family, which was very important. But we all grieved on our own levels. But you must journey. You must have accompaniment on this journey, this, this journey of grief that you're going through. So we cannot walk around as, as if. You know, imagine if Jesus decided not to show up and raise Lazarus from the dead, you know? Lazarus, I'm sure, still would have been in paradise. But Martha and Mary had their faith uh, was resounding, and they needed to see Jesus. And we need to see Jesus even in the mess of our lives. The message is always in the mess of our lives. When we're, going gr when we're grieving, it's a tremendous me mess. We need to see Jesus and recognize Jesus even in the mess when we lose somebody so close to us in our lives. Yeah, so um, for anyone out there that's listening to this podcast that is uh, grieving in any way, um, I would uh, just offer you a, a few bits of advice. Uh, if your parish has a bereavement group, uh, you can... Uh, contact the bereavement group or contact the parish office, ask when the parish has a bereavement meeting. That might be a beginning for you to go to the bereavement group. Um, if um, you want to talk to your local priest or pastor, that might be a beginning for you also. Speak to your local priest or pastor. If you uh, need uh, a little more help, you can always reach out to a, a therapist or a psychologist to also speak to your feelings. And also, you can also reach out to um, a good friend. Sometimes the best friend is also very good, somebody that you can trust, somebody that you can speak to. If you're having very, uh, very, very difficult feelings of depression, and you feel very, very depressed, please seek medical attention if you're not um, functioning normally, okay? Always seek medical attention, uh, and uh, there's always somebody there to help you to get through this grieving process. All right, so let us close with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord God, your son Jesus tells us that he is the resurrection and the life. 
help us to breathe new life into our brothers and sisters who are grieving as we ask this all through Christ our Lord. If you enjoyed this podcast, we ask you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, simply typing in The Brothers in Faith, The, T-H-E, Brothers in Faith. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. God bless you.